Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I inspire you to take action with stillness, let go of chaos, and step into your future self on this podcast. We have special, high-performing guests each week who share mindset tips and their spirituality, helping us all prepare to be the best we can be for our future. Let's Dare to Move. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dare to Move podcast. And fortunately, unfortunately, I am not in the pink robe towel that my friends was left in Cambridge or slash Boston, my apartment in the city. And I miss it dearly. But I have been wearing one of Jeff's brown t-shirts that says uh, something about hunting deer. <laughs> um, anyway... I am a little bit outside my comfort zone, even though um, I'm in a very comfortable place at the cabin up in New Hampshire. And I wanted to pop on here because the first ever wealth consciousness episode I dropped was on a Friday. And I did that because I had the time. I wanted to get the message out. And I just thought, why not hang out with you guys more, right? Well, now more than ever, we all need things to keep us busy. We want to learn. We want to grow. And so... um, I wanted to just bring a journal cast to you this Friday that does have to do very much with consciousness. So it's aligned with that. And it's just something I've been thinking about. And um, so I want to dive into it. What's interesting to me, as you all know, is that this season two that kicked off in the year 2020 this year was all about exploring stillness. And Um, you guys know the background is that, and if you're new, I'll just kind of briefly explain is that for me, I spent my life daring to move, which is again, uh, something I'll always stand behind, but I got caught up in the chaos, chaos of it. I got caught up in the do, do, do. I, you know, the more I do, the better, the hustle, the grind, like work till you're fatigued. And ultimately my health took a toll, which was kind of like the last straw for me. And I've talked about this before, but it was really when my gut health took such a turn for the worse that I was getting crippling anxiety that I knew I had to address the gut health. And while addressing the gut health, I realized it was not really just about the gut health. It was my way of being in my energy that was triggering all these gut health issues. So what I mean by that is um, I believe, and Dr. Joe Dispenza believes this as well, I'm a huge fan of his work, that we all have an electronic or electromagnetic signature. Our vibe is a thing. Like my vibe is different than another person's vibe. And if you listened to the episode with Margaret Brown, we kind of gave the example of how we can feel each other's energy. And the example was when you walk down a dark alley, if there's someone who seems suspicious or your gut's telling you this guy maybe isn't safe or you should be worried for your safety, it's like they're giving off a bad vibe, right? So negative emotions like anxiety, stress, guilt, worry, fear, scarcity are all things that send off kind of um, a wave that's like a more tired wave. It's a lower vibration. And when we're in a high vibe, we're grateful, we're excited, we're positive, we're happy, we're joyful, we're, I don't know, connected, connected to the world, connected to ourselves. And so um, as I've learned to tap into that, um, or I should say, to be able to tap into those positive emotions and be happy regardless of anything else, which by the way, Taylor Swift recently talked about this, about how 
and, and she talked about it in her documentary about how she noticed that she was able to experience happiness that was d- attached to nothing. It was just coming from inside her. So what I wanted to do with my experience of stillness is, is start to detach from my output, detach from how much money I make, detach from how many classes I teach, etc., and start to turn inward. And that's why stillness has been such a huge theme for me. And I'm writing a book called Dare to Be Still. And we've talked about it, I think, on the last couple episodes, and um, especially this week with Keneal. At the end, we talked about how stillness can be found in motion. For And my example in my newsletter and with her was, when I'm snowboarding, I'm active, I'm moving, but I tap into flow. And when I'm in flow, my mind is peaceful. It's still. And you can tap into that deeper consciousness in, or the other word to interchange there is awareness. And so today I wanted to share that what's wild is I've realized the whole entire world, our whole planet know we only know at this point that we as humans human beings are on the planet earth we only know that we're here I mean maybe there are other humans elsewhere but so far (laughs) we're aware that we're here on this planet and the entire planet is facing the same issue which is hard for me to grapple with that's something I'm trying to comprehend uh day to day hour to hour minute to minute um and because of that stillness we're all experiencing Um, It's making us think more about who we are, why we're here, all these kind of existential questions. And in my own experience with this experiment, if you will, or my own experiment within this experience of stillness is that I was started reading a book called Time to Think right before all this went down. So yesterday I grabbed my book. I'm like, oh, I should read my book. I have time. Great. And I look at the title and it says time to think. And I'm like, well, no shit. (laughs) I have time to think. Cool. And um, if you are connected to me on Facebook, you got to hear my speech on time to think. And I hope that you go to Facebook and it should still be up there because, oh no, you know what? It won't be. So I'll do a little rundown here. I did a live on it and um, I think that I don't know. I guess I just don't know how long lives last on Facebook, but Time to think is about how to create a better environment to think. And part of that is that we can do it with other people. And as I sit there and I'm like, wow, I'm reading this whole thing called Time to Think. Um, I tied it back to the other book, Happy Pocket Full of Money. And I literally flipped to a page that said Time to Think, which was wild. So there's a lot going on for me about this this awareness this growing awareness of where are we what are we doing in space and time how can we use this time to get ahead and so I asked Jeff I said um you know or not Jeff Jeff and I were talking about what what the normal is like what will be um normal I said I think normal is not going to be a thing anymore I don't think we can return to that and he said well of course not we're humans and as humans we adapt that's how we've always survived and and right now all we're doing is adapting and I really liked that mentality I think I'm gonna have him come on here to talk about it this weekend um but That's a good point. Right now, that's what we're doing. Thinking about what's going on, turning inward, asking ourselves these questions, that's how we're going to be adapting. So first and foremost, ask yourself, what's the reward for me right now? 
What is the reward for this stillness? Because if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you've listened to other ones, most likely. You enjoy this content and you've heard stillness, but maybe you haven't been forced to try it. Maybe you haven't actually implemented things in your life to try stillness, but now the whole world is there. We're here. We're exploring it. (laughs) It is happening. So now that it's happening to you slash for you, you get to write down, what is the reward for experiencing this? What is the reward for being here? Um, And what I came up with, with a client, I've been doing a lot of client sessions right now, which is beautiful and wonderful and I feel really grateful to still be able to work. She said, you know, I'm forced to be more present. And I'm going somewhere with this. I promise it's all going to make sense. It's all going to tie together wonderfully with a bow. Um, So she was talking about how it's forcing her to be present. And I said, you know, I agree with you. And I think the reason this is disrupting all of our psyches and our just our beings is that we are all very calculated. We live our lives in such a calculated manner. For instance, if you want to make a certain amount of money a year, maybe you break it down into quarters and then maybe you break it down to, okay, then what do I need to make a week? Okay, then how many clients do I need to have to be making that? And therefore, what when should I book those clients? And if those clients are I'm going to meet at this time, then when do I have time to work out? Okay, then when can I work out with my, when can I see my significant other? How can I pencil in social time? So we are living lives that are scheduled in a calculated way more often than not. And we're not leaving space for carefreeness. We're not leaving space to explore. We're not leaving space for the miracles, right? And when we are so calculated, it feels good. Because even if, you know, we all know in the back of our minds somewhere that a hurricane could happen at any time or a thunderstorm could happen at any time. We could be struck by lightning. There's all these things that Mother Nature could do to disrupt our calculated schedules. But most of the time, we feel in control. And this is completely disrupting our calculated plans. Our meetings are canceled. Our weddings are canceled. Our bachelorettes are canceled. My bachelorette is definitely canceled, which is a bummer. Our social gatherings are canceled. And with that being said, we're sitting here like, what the heck? And because our globe and our our global leaders are local leaders are meeting around the clock to help guide us through this time, we're being brought to the news, to our source of leadership, hour to hour, half hour to half hour, minute to minute. I don't know about you, but my first addiction I've had to break is during this time is checking the news all the time because it becomes addicting. Um, And I do think it's important to stay in touch with what's going on. So I am, but I'm trying to pace myself because... There's a way to learn this level of presence without using the news. What do I mean? Well, what this client and I talked about is that instead of thinking, okay, well, Friday I have this and at noon I have this and at 8 a.m. tomorrow I have this, we're starting to think more about what am I doing now? And that was her reward. Her reward for this, her answer to that question, what is the reward for me right now is presence, being here now and it's wildly interesting because no longer are we defined by our schedule our calendars and 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 how much we can hold and how much we can 
output because our output is being halted. So we're forced to look at who are we? (laughs) What do we do as just human beings with all this freedom? And I think it's a really interesting question to ask ourselves. So maybe just write that one down. Who am I now, right now? Not who you were last week, not who you want to be next week, not who you're going to be when it's over. Who are you right now? And for me, I am a coach, I am a leader, and I'm doing that right now. And that's what it means to me. And so here's the interesting thing. Going back to the book, Time to Think, I opened I open kind of some of the chapters I had read to review because I hadn't read in a while. And then I read a new chapter on how to run these um team meetings in a way that makes everybody think to the best of their ability. And what I learned was, and the premise of the book, is that thinking is done best when it's unrushed, first and foremost, which is awesome. Hello, we have no rush right now. We have nowhere to be because we legally can't go anywhere. Um, So the best thinking is done when it's unrushed. And The example I can give you about is think to a time when you stumbled over your words. Maybe you were confronted with someone who you thought was really powerful or really uh, smart or was higher up than you in a company. And when you were in front of them, you felt like you were stumbling over your words and you attributed it to, oh, I was nervous. Oh, I was insecure in front of them. I stumbled over my words. Well, go back in time and think about what it was like to be with them Were they looking at you with eye contact? Was their face relaxed? Were they giving you time to think? Because when I do this exercise, I think about this one time, and I won't say his name, but it was a real estate mogul who I was talking to, and he was so distracted. He was As soon as he was done talking, he was looking at his phone, and he was flipping through it, and he was scratching his head, and he was looking over his shoulder, and I kept fumbling over my words, and I was like, well, no shit. He wasn't giving me time to think. He was disruptive. And um, and so next time you, so now, sorry, let's think about, I'm getting ahead of myself. Think about the wise grandfather you have or the wise friend or leader or teacher or professor who you think, you swear, you're like, they make me smarter. <laughs> I always have epiphanies when I'm with them or they're so wise. What they are is really not wise. They're helping you think by putting you in the right thinking environment. And that thinking environment is giving you time, not rushing you, asking you to dig deeper. And the premise of this book is that we are all And we all have our answers. And I know Brene Brown says this. So many wise people have said this is that we all have the answer deep down. And so one of the things I talked about on my Facebook Live, which is, I guess, gone forever, is that um, I try to treat, one of the mantras I say to myself when I coach is I treat every single client like they are Richard Branson or Elon Musk, because what I'm teaching is an expan- is an expansion exercise of your mind. Richard Branson and Elon Musk, for example, have only done what they've done and accomplished what they've accomplished because of how big they can get their brain, how, how what big ideas they can get to come out. It's all about what can you get to come out of your brain? What thoughts can you think? 
And so one of the exercises the book says, whether you are in a group meeting, which it does a really great job of um, talking through how executive teams can put together these great thinking environments and get their team to think without fear, without limiting assumptions, et cetera, is to, before we go to the team example, I'll just go one-on-one, is that when you're with someone, ask them, so they, they, they're telling you their th- their thoughts, and then they say, they pause, say, what else do you think? What else is there? So I'm going to ask you that now. What are you challenged with? Let's think about it. What are you challenged with? Is it career? Is it body? Is it mind? Is it interpersonal? Is it with your love relationships? Like what is your issue? And what do you think about it? Maybe pause me right now for like a good three minutes and journal. And when you come back, ask yourself, in what else do I think? Maybe ask, what's the reward for thinking this? Why do I want that reward? Challenge your own stories. And so the next tip that the book has beyond just saying what else and then reminding us that any beautiful leader we've ever been, we've ever encountered has just sat there quietly with us while we thought and gave us that space to think. Um, The next thing you can do to really find your own answer is you can ask yourself an incisive question. And an incisive question is takes out the it's something that takes out the limiting belief so if I ask someone what you know what do you think the solution to your business problem is right now and they're like oh I don't know it's so hard I don't know I I'm just and they just they, they say I don't know I don't know I don't know and then if you say well what if I gave you five hundred thousand dollars then what would you know now we've taken away the the belief that maybe there wasn't enough that they were too scared to say And when they know that they have the extra funds, oh, well, I know exactly what I would do. I would do this, this, and this. So then you say, well, what was the limiting belief? Maybe the limiting belief was, I don't have enough money to support a new employee, so I'm not going to do it. Or I don't know how I would get the funds to open that new shop, so I'm not going to do it, right? Um, And then the other one is sometimes the limiting assumptions like really, really vivid and and clear. So maybe it is, I don't want to speak up because they don't want to hear what I have to say. And the incisive question becomes, well, what if you knew that they were dying to hear what you had to say? Like they were on the edge of their seat. They couldn't wait. What would you say? And so it's about limiting. It's about taking away the assumption, the limitation that you've put on yourself so that you can think more clearly. It's kind of like you're brushing through the cobwebs to actually get to your own thoughts. And those cobwebs are all those limiting beliefs. And so... As I talked through this, these kind of things that I have come up with um, from this book, these, these great lessons I've learned from this book, I remembered a lesson that my coach taught me. And when she sent me the book, Happy Pocket Full of Money, that I now send to all of my clients, she said, just like the book says, you'll read it twice and then keep it on your desk, in your car, in your work bag, whatever. And at any point, in any moment, you can open to any page And any sentence or paragraph will apply to your life. And you can use it kind of like you might use a Bible verse uh, as a mantra for the day or the week or the month. So I said, you know what? I want to test this. I want to test this whole entire thing. I want to pull up a page in this book and I want to see if it can give me a lesson or a mantra that pertains to thinking. And here's why. Right now, we are all calling our friends. We are all calling our parents. We are all trying to figure out what the heck to do. 
One, because stillness is uncomfortable. It's very confronting with ourselves. And two, because we've never experienced this before as humans. We've never experienced in this generation being confronted with a global pandemic. And we don't know what to do. Therefore, we call our friends. We try to solve each other's problems, right? And one of the biggest lessons in the book was not to interrupt and not to solve your problem. And I know I'm going on a tangent here, but it will make sense. Here's the example. You have a friend who has an issue and you can see so clearly what they what they should do. You're like, oh, I know what you should do. You should stop calling him. You should stop the dialogue. You should be honest with yourself. You know, you should, I don't know, I'm thinking of an example. You should do this, this, and this. You should be more honest. You should stop communication. You should blah, blah, blah. You tell them all the things to do. Or maybe your friend wants to lose weight and you're like, okay, well, great. Start doing the Monday, Wednesday, Friday workouts with me. And then if I were you, I would stop having the mocha frappuccino and start getting a coffee and whatever. You have this whole perfect plan for them. You interrupt them. You tell them what to do. And a week later, they call you again and they're like, they sound like a broken record. They're like, oh, I don't know what to do. My problem isn't solved. And you're then you feel like a broken record. You're like, no, this is what you do. Stop the mocha frappuccino, blah, 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 blah start working out these days. And you're like, why aren't they listening? Well, here's why. Because your answer means nothing. The answer for their own problem lies within them. And so the best thing you can do the next time your friend calls and says, hey, here's my problem. I don't know what to do. Can you listen to my problem? That's all you have to do. And you become the wise elder. You listen, you stay quiet. You ask them, what else do you think? You give them time and space to think. Sometimes I think about interrupting and then instead I pause and I pause and my client, for instance, will then say something else and then I'll pause longer and they'll say something else and I'll pause longer and then they'll say something else and then I'll say, and what else do you think? And then they're like, oh my God, I know what to do. I have the answer, right? So that's what this book is teaching. And I thought, okay, if that's what this book is teaching and right now in the world, we are all asking each other questions and we are all trying to solve each other's problems. My gut is telling me that the answer is just to listen better and that if I tell my Facebook followers and my Instagram followers and my podcast listeners this lesson, it could be really, really helpful. But what is the ultimate way? What is the ultimate theme here? So I pull up Happy Pocket Full of Money book and I do the whole like, thing you're supposed to do where you you flip through it like a deck of cards like you're you're gonna pick a card out of a magical deck right and you're shuffling and you're fiddling around and, and deciding to pick and then going to a different one and letting kind of just randomness be the guide and I decide I guess on page 105 and I open it and literally the words time to think were underlined like I kid you not wild and if you have the book because you've bought it, because I've said it a million times, it's the best book you could ever read, um, maybe you have it. So go to page 105 in your Happy Pocket Full of Money book and read like it's like the bottom big chapter paragraph. And basically it talks about how <laughs> I read it on Facebook Live and I don't know, I don't want to bore you, but basically it talks about how you know the answer sometimes even without thinking. So the book saying, yeah, thinking out loud, thinking to yourself, taking time to think can come up with the answer. And I definitely believe that. The book was saying, so long as you have time to think, you will find the answer, yes. But sometimes you don't even need time. And here's the example it gave, that in a moment of crisis, have you ever just immediately act, acted, 
and done the exact right thing you could do to save the situation. You didn't have time to think. You just had to act. Your body knew what to do. Your mind knew what to do, right? It's not like you froze. And sometimes we do freeze, but and a lot of times you just do the right thing, sometimes without thinking, because the right answer lives within you. So the book's ultimate answer to this whole entire theme reflects exactly what the world or the universe is giving us, which is presence. The book says, when you come to the present now, the eternal now as it refers to it, you will know your answer. So then I reflected back to the book Time to Think. I'm like, well, what is this really saying? And so I went through the steps that the book lays out in how to have the perfect meeting. And perfect obviously isn't maybe real, but like the most effective leading where every member thinks there's no judgment, there's no interruption, and the best resolutions for the company are unveiled, right? And all of those steps within the paragraphs in the book, it all talks about how the whole point is to come to being present in the now with your thoughts. I was like, okay, it's almost like I wasn't totally getting it until I read, it's like the happy pocket full of money had to like tell me what it was saying so that I could go back and really, really, really hear it from that book. And the reason this this is all matters right now for you, dear listener, is that we are all here now. We are all present. We all have to be present because we have no other choice. We cannot, we literally cannot plan meetings next week. Because we don't know what the state of the world's going to be. We cannot plan trips for the summertime. You know, we can't plan weddings and showers right now. We can't plan to visit friends. We can't plan to visit family. We can't plan to go do that retreat we really wanted to do. And so on one hand, it's forcing us to confront ourselves and who we really are on this planet and what we're really doing. But it's giving us time to think. And as the book says, the more present you can be, which we're all doing right now, and the more time you have that's unrushed to think, the deeper and the better your answer. So I'm coming on here now at the 26-minute mark, which is happens to be my lucky number, imagine that, to tell you that we all have time to think and answer the questions we've been needing to ask ourselves. And maybe you've been going through this podcast and being like, oh yeah, Garrett talks about stillness. Yeah, 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 that's her thing. And like, I want to hear this guest and like, I want to hear about nutrition. So I'm going to listen, blah, blah, blah. But you haven't actually taken the time to think. Maybe you didn't even know what your own question to yourself is. And now you have time. So decide what is the question you need to be asking yourself? What is the thing that you're dealing with right now you have time to think and as both books echo being present is how you find your answer and no longer is the excuse of oh I'm so busy or I'll find my answer when or I'm going to give my power away and ask someone else to solve my problem we now know especially from the research and this book I'm reading like no one else can solve the problem for you but I do think talking through it with a friend is important So next time you call a friend to ask for help, or I should say, let's rephrase it, let's call it ask for listening, (laughs) because that's how we find our answer, right? Is notice if they try to interrupt you and just politely say, hey, I really don't think we're going to get to the answer either of us, but I think just hearing myself talk 
is important, like would you mind just listening? Um, that would be one of the best ways. Or if they're interrupting and you don't feel confident saying that to them, just know that like they're interrupting you because that's what our knee jerk is for all of us. We're all kind of trained to try to solve each other's problems and they're just not aware yet of what you're aware of. And let them, let them try to solve your problem because that just means they really care about you and they really love you. But deep down, you know that just talking it out is how you're going to find your answer. And if you don't feel comfortable calling someone, start journaling. Journal out your thoughts. That's you talking to yourself. That's you thinking out loud. And maybe just imagine like it's an imaginary friend or your grandfather or whomever who would say to you, and what else do you think? Or maybe it's me saying that for you. What else do you think about it? Continue to pull back the layers like you're pulling back layers on an onion and you will find your answer because now's the time. We are present. You can't say that, oh, I have to prepare for my six o'clock meeting or, oh, I have to prepare for that thing tomorrow. It's like, I'm sure you, like me, still have some things in your schedule. I have a six o'clock wine hangout tonight. I'm recording this on Thursday, the day before you hear it. And I created an agenda for my friends and I. We're hanging out tonight on Google Hangouts or Zoom, one of the two. And we're having wine tonight. I think it's going to be fun. And yes, that is something I have calculated and I have planned. But let's be real. My normal schedule is not happening right now, as I'm sure it isn't for you. So you have time to think. You are not rushed. No one else has your answer except you. And so long as you can get yourself to the present now, which the universe is literally giving us a helping hand here to get there because we're all doing it you will find your answer so if you're like Garrett I like what you're saying but I'm not sure I'm totally getting it order the book it's called time to think by Nancy Klein Klein is spelled k-l-i-n-e and I'll put it in the show notes and then the other book is the book that I think every single episode of 2020 has mentioned called happy pocket full of money by um David Cameron Gakande. So I hope that that is helpful for you. And I feel like it's just a message of consciousness that we all need to hear. And um, my goal for Friday and Saturday, one of the two days, is to get Jeff um, to come on here and do a podcast with him because he's so positive. And um, we have some funny stories so far of being in the cabin for a week together that I think would be fun to hear. So that might be dropping Sunday, TBD. Um, and then I go, oh, he's coughing upstairs. Um, I guess the final thing that I'll leave you with is that if there's something that you can pencil in to feel more normal, that is what's helping me. I have penciled in live Instagram workouts at 8am and it's giving me something to get up for, to plan for, and it's giving me a way to connect with people in real time. Like I know we can all chat in the DMs and I know we can chat in each other's comments on the feed, but there's something different about having someone pop into my live and being like, oh, hey, Laura, like, hey, Rhea, like I'm loving that because it's kind of reminds me of how it buries. I show up to the studio because I have to be there and like I never know who's going to be there and I never know who's going to come say hi and it's kind of a fun way to experience life. So I'm implementing that in my life to experience some type of normalcy. I'm penciling in at least two things a day, so I have a rough schedule. I'm doing 8 a.m. lives on Instagram, 3 p.m. lives on Facebook for just general talks like this, and then I'm doing calling at least one friend a day, and that is really helping me. So I hope that is something you can take with you um, 
and just remember you really do have time to think and that is how you find your answer to whatever problem maybe you didn't even realize you were brushing up under the rug but whatever is coming up for you right now in this time of stillness is probably the question that you need to answer and the good news is you will find the answer it's just going to be taking time to think about it talking it out with someone but letting them just listen not answer it for you um, and I'll put those uh, links in the show notes. And um, and if you didn't get a chance to listen to Dr. Keneal Joyce, listen to last Wednesday's episode two days ago. It was so great. And one of my clients actually highlighted one of the questions and it was about presence and how presence can inspire presence. And if that is true, then we're all inspiring each other to stay here now and not think so far into the future which is kind of a really cool time so I just think we should embrace it um, and final note if you are looking for workouts and you're like I really don't like live workouts I really don't like the whole Instagram live thing um, you can check out move with and find my workouts there I have over a hundred and fifty from treadmill to body weight to walking to cycling to hit to strength it is all there for you to check out download or just use the app and um it's audio some of them have video so i hope that is helpful for you and stay tuned for an episode sunday it will either be me or me and jeff i make no promises because i am just in the present now and i don't know what what's coming <laughs> but hope you all are staying healthy staying home and um enjoying this um experience and as always I hope that you dare to move within the confines of your house. <laughs> Stay healthy, guys.